The Influencer's Edge is brought to you by the Invisible Influence Series. If you're ready to massively increase your sales by leveraging the power of subconscious persuasion, then make sure you text the word COMPEL to 411-321. That's COMPEL to 411-321. And if you're outside of the United States, then use WhatsApp and text the word COMPEL to 1-909. 741-1321. Make sure you put in your best email address because that's how we'll deliver the goodies. Welcome to the Influencer's Edge. This is the place where you come to get the latest breakthroughs, cutting-edge insights, tools, and techniques to leapfrog over the pack in sales, persuasion, and influence. Be sure you visit our website at www.theinfluencersedge.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now sit back, tune in, and enjoy today's episode. All right, welcome to The Influencers Edge. Today we have the fascinating Danielle Levy. Danielle, I'm really looking forward to this episode because you talk so much about values-driven sales and business, and I really want to dive into that. First, let me handle the formalities and give your biography. And as we were talking off the air, your biography is so extensive, I'm going to have to cut it short and even ask you to add in or subtract what you think is important. But so here we go. And transparently, I I always read the bios because I can never memorize them. I'm more curiosity based as a as a podcast host. So Daniel Levy is the CEO and founder of the Boardroom League, a sought after executive who's helped six and seven figure businessmen expand with clarity and efficiency. By the way, do you see uh, between six and seven figures, do you see that there's more ego to deal with the more that people earn and the higher, harder it makes them to coach? No, 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 no. Ego is in, and it goes everywhere. All right, good. Daniel established the boardroom link to give other entrepreneurs a little black book like that of trusted industry professionals to help them implement and scale their businesses. The league consists of experts in a variety of fields, including metrics, design, copywriting, that would be me, strategic pricing, funnels, social media, and more. You bring in all the people who they need on their team right to their fingertips, which I think is really great. And her vision came to life when she realized she was taking this team of experts with her from project to project and recognized that other entrepreneurs could benefit from her trusted team as well. That makes sense. Danielle believes in helping business owners build a trustworthy ecosystem of professional resources so they can focus on their zone of genius instead of being distracted by day-to-day business obligations. And speaking to you as a genius, <laughs> I'm not so humble genius, I recognize the value of that. I said to you, before we jumped into this conversation, that what I found, a per- and I have the suggested questions here, I may or may not choose to go into them, but what I find so interesting and so unique about you is you talk so much about values-based business, values-based building trust, values-based, selling. So tell us, what do you specifically mean by values? What is your process as a follow-up of helping your clients discover what their values are? 
Sure. So in the in the business sense of it, um, personal is a whole other discussion. You know, core values are those pillars that hold up the business. Um, you know, the North Star is what drives the vision, but you need those pillars behind it saying, at the end of the day, this is how we're going to show up. This is how we're going to perform. This is how we're going to act as a team to drive towards that North Star. Um, and to your other point about your other question, excuse me, about how do I help um you know, leaders and CEOs um, define them. You know, I think the funny thing is I have been in very literally in those brick and mortars that you write down your value. You come together in a big meeting room, you write them down. And um, the last physical company that I worked in, they put them on the wall and you could actually dust them off. They were dirty and gross and it was, it was awful. Um, and that's not what you should do with your core values because I think what people forget is, um, especially as leaders, if we're not, walking the walk and we're not holding people accountable to these actions like they, they don't mean anything but when you can put the pieces together in a really um, synergistic kind of way it's amazing um, the way that the teams will turn and the productivity happens and the efficiency happens and um, the team member retainment happens you know people want to know what their job is they want to be able to act in a confident way they want to go above and beyond um, but those things have to be really clear for them to understand what the expectation is i understand i get you and I'll circle back again. What is your process for helping your clients discover what those values are? Because if they knew what they were, they wouldn't be coming to you. So you've got to have a process. Please tell us what that is. Yeah. Um, so I ask my CEOs to think about what their personal values are and also what the drivers are um, that have gotten to them, gotten them to this point in their business. What are they Can committing help us, to? I'm sorry. Can you help us understand what do you what do you specifically mean by drivers? Um, what are the motivators um, that have pushed them to the point that they knew that they you know they didn't roll out of bed as an eighth grader and said I'm going to be a CEO right like it took years of education they probably worked their way up from that entry level position but there was that motivating factor um, that not only pushed them. Um, but cause them to be incredibly successful. And so it's to really think about what are those characteristics and how do they want their team members showing up in the same way or in a complementary way um, that actually we very much talk about um, what those things are and get them down on paper. All right. So basically it's asking a series of questions, getting it down on paper. Get it. I got that. Now the that begs the next question is, so the CEO holds these set of values that, that dictate their actions and create a corporate culture. That's great. How do they instill that in their employees? How do they get their employees to sign up for that program? Because just because you hold these values doesn't mean you have the skill set of getting the employees to, to buy into it, to be enrolled into it. So do you teach that skill set of enrolling people into this and what does that skill set look like? Yeah, I actually, I have a slightly different opinion on it. I, I think the CEO needs to work in a way and act in a way that is consistent with those values, but I don't think the CEO or leader should be the one that holds the values. I think it has to be your chief operating officer, your operations manager, someone a little closer to the, the ground that can work with individual team members or department managers, mid-level managers, whoever it might be, to really put them into play. Um, you know, and it's, it's, it's small things like how we conduct meetings, 
you know, did everybody show up on time? Did somebody bring the agenda? Um, are you creating a forum where someone can speak out, you know, in a way that is openly accepted, even if it might not be the popular opinion. So it's it's those very it's it's every single interaction in a company, and the CEO shouldn't be worried about those things. I mean, of course, they want their team to show up that way, but the CEO has to be out in front of the business doing only those things that the CEO can do. And so, like I said, you know, when you ask the question as I think the CEO has to embody those values, but I don't think the CEO is the one that's going to put them into play. So how do they operationalize those values? Well, first, of course, is about understanding what they are. Um, and once you've done that, it's it's really creating systems and processes around them. And I'll give you an example. I had a client that one of their core values was personal and professional alignment. Um, and so when they would um, go through their hiring process, that core value um, specifically came out a lot. You know, why are they interviewing for this job? What do we see for this person a year from now? Are they aligned? Does it make sense that this is the next logical step in their trajectory, right? Um, I've had, I've worked on another team where, um, you know, people, same, same value, um, were sort of just going through the motions and they weren't doing the things that lit them up or they didn't have the expertise in it. Do we have the right people in the right seats kind of thing? So it's understanding how you can take these big ideas and look at it, um, by expertise and by individual. Let's talk about this as it relates to sales, because what you've said is very interesting and not, but the audience here is very much uh, entrepreneurs, business, small size corporate people and mm -hmm. sales. So mm -hmm. how does this relate to building trust for sales? Sure. So um, by defining these core values and then operationalizing them really down to all of the documentation and um, the expectations for how people are conducting themselves and showing up for their clients, you create a set of cons you create consistency um, and ideally, you know, the quality that the CEO wants to see. Your customers are going to recognize that consistency. When I do this, this is what I get. If I have a problem, this is what I do. That consistency not only touches your customers, but it also touches your internal, you know, your internal team. So understanding um, because I saw this problem, these are the guidelines for what I am to do about it, right? I come, I very much come from a mindset of that we are in business. We work with businesses to serve the business, not for the individuals. So, you know, someone in their job with that mindset is going to be able to say, okay, serving the business, even though this thing that was done wrong, here's the course of action to get it done correctly, right? You're making it very easy for people to make decisions because they understand what the expectation is. And if there is a blocker, they know how to solve for it. I'm more, uh, maybe I'm not getting it. I, I can be a little thick headed and I haven't had my coffee this afternoon. That's so okay. let's try it a different way. Yeah. How does this relate um, business, not B2B, but business to consumer? So I'm doing sales mm -hmm. and how do my values as an individual sales person helps to create the trust because we know in order to make the sale, we need to have no like and trust. So how does me coming from a values driven perspective okay. as an individual salesperson, not someone who's corporate, but someone who's selling solar or someone who's selling real estate or mortgage loans, it right. does, is it applicable there? It absolutely is. So I'm here in gorgeous New England. It's 
um, a beautiful, well, it was a beautiful fall day. Um, so we're going to talk about apples and you are an apple farmer and you're going to sell me as a consumer an apple, one apple, right? You need to let be able to let me know that you don't work with, and, and I'm not making any kind of statement one way or the other about pesticides or not pesticides and organic or whatever, but to be able to come forward and say, this is how I run my farm. These are the things that I do. This is how I pay my people. This is why my apple is the best apple. And if you don't like that apple, you can bring it back and I will give you another apple. Or if it really doesn't taste good, we'll give you two pears instead. And so that's that over delivering and, and understanding of as the salesperson, what you are, you have the confidence in selling the product because you know where it came from. And as the consumer, I'm consistently seeing that every farmer's market that you show up at, all of your apples are the same. They're all that high end, great quality. So of course I want your apples. This is interesting because that I- a stretch of an example. Yes, <laughs> example. I keep hearing the word consistency. Consistent, yeah. consistent, consistent. So obviously, this is something that's of great value to you. It's, it's a pivotal part of how you have walked your path in your career. And it's a pivotal part of what you guide your clients to establish. So let's talk. I picked up on that. Uh, mm -hmm. So uh, let's talk a little bit more about consistency, because I'm going to be transparent as a high creative, someone who's extraordinarily creative. Consistency has not been one of my strong suits. I'm continually looking for coaching and improvement on how to develop it. What are some of your key tips? What would you say to a highly creative person? Uh, because many entrepreneurs are high creatives, not all, but many, and consistency is a struggle. You, I look at you and my intuitive sense is you're inherently consistent. It's never been a challenge for you. I don't know what your background is, whether you had parents who were consistent as entrepreneurs, and I don't want to get in. We have a fire engine going by. I live right by a hospital. I don't know if you can hear that or not coming through. So where did you get this? Obviously, one of your high values is consistency. How did you, how did you develop that, or was that always with you? Um, I think it's, it's twofold. Um, I think... I am someone and I have young-ish type kid, age kids that parenting for me was always easier when my kids knew what to expect. It was like when I threw the curveball at them, when I gave them the food that they weren't used to, when they had to leave the party unexpected, right? That's when the temper tantrum always would break out or, you know, when they would try to get away with a little bit more. As a, as a business owner, um, consistency is very important to me because as my business got bigger, I couldn't control all of the pieces that were out there anymore. And, and yet my name was associated with, with everything in my business. So the consistency for me was actually a control mechanism to say, I can't do this myself and, or my team can probably do it faster and better than I can. Um, and if I, if I lose a team member or gain a team member or wherever my business goes, how do I not lose this? Um, and so as a, as a business owner, the consistency gives me the confidence in my business to allow it to continue to grow. So your consistency came from your desire to control in a way that allowed your business to grow. Is mm -hmm. that correct? Did I get it right? And one yeah, of your big lessons in building that is your what you were called upon to do as a mom. 
Did yep. he, if you're in, do you think you could have had it had you not had the lessons that, that your children are providing you? Is this, you are self described soccer mom, <laughs> right? <laughs> Uh, Self-described hockey mom, not soccer mom. Let's be hockey clear. Hockey mom. I'm so sorry. Hockey yeah, mom. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I got it wrong. Forgive me. Uh, I, I don't play sports, but I get it. Do you no. think there's a correlation between that, between personal and business? Um, I think there is a correlation. I think I was a consistent person prior to my children. I'm not quite sure if that was, was your question. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of instability um, in my 20s. Um, and so oh, whoa, 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 whoa. we want to hear the personal stories of our of our uh, guests. So we're going to put you on the hot seat for a little bit. Tell me a little bit as much about that as you're comfortable talking about. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just a personal loss in, in way that I don't think people or really anyone in their their 20s should experience, which just right. caused a domino effect of you know, where did I live and where did I go to college and who did I marry and how did I end up here? And um, it just got real tricky real fast because of the hand that I was dealt. Um, and so I spent the better part of my 20s really just trying to hustle and figure out, okay, what's my new norm? And I came to really appreciate the consistency of, of that, which I could control because for many years it was beyond my control. That is the juicy part that the audience always wants to hear about. That's my job to dig enough to get right. that to come out because people can identify with that. We can all identify feeling out of control in our lives. And I think it speaks to you as a human being that rather than crumble under it, you were solution oriented and solution based and you were willing to go on that exploration and that journey of saying, okay, what is my answer to this? What is my answer to this? So I think that's uh, fantastic that you bring that, you bring that forward in your business and you convey it to your clients. So kudos to you. <laughs> let me turn. Let if me I could yes. add one item to that, you know, like I said, I was, I had to hustle a lot in my, my twenties. Um, and it really, like, I was always on this dual path of, okay, how am I going to finish college and have a job? How am I going to have a job and go to grad school? How am I going to be in corporate and then become an entrepreneur? And so there's always been this dual path. Um, and the pressure that I had to do this, I put on myself. Um, but for people to know, like, in spite of whatever their circumstance, if there is a professional or personal driver that they're going after, that I really, really believe in, um, you know, it's just one step at a time. What's, what can I do today? What can I do today? And this idea of being the CEO that all of a sudden, like, oh, I just opened my own business or I just got to six figures or whatever the goal is, I don't think is a realistic one. And that's the bait that's tempted, that dangled in front of so many people. Yeah. You see it all the time on Instagram ads, in, form your own company and be a social media millionaire and blah, 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 blah. That kind of quickness and certain path is dangled in front of people all the time. It's been dangled in front of me and it's so easy to take that bait. So kudos for you to, to for calling that out as BS. <laughs> Again, it good is. for you. It is BS. All right. Let me let me go to the next one. Um, and again, I'm drawing these from the ones you. What is the? How do you gain team acceptance of values? I think we talked about this. 
That's that favorite C word again, consistency, right? Consistency. You have to walk your talk and show up the way you show up the way you expect other people to show up. Um, Let's talk about the relationship between having values. How do you operationalize values? And first of all, what do you mean by operationalize? So I think we touched on it a little bit. I know operationalize is, it's a funny word to say. It's a, a harder word to spell, um, but it's those things that I that I talked about, like the hiring example that I gave a bit ago. Um, you know, these are our core values. Um, who are we hiring? How are we folding this into our hiring process? How are we, um, how are we rolling out our, our customer service experience? You know, constantly having those values at the top of mind so that as you're making decisions um, that you can say, okay, these are aligned with them. What do you do with your clients who pay lip service to that? They say, this is our values, but you look at what they're doing and they don't really do it. I bet you, I just am willing to bet that there's people who say, okay, these are our values, but they don't put in the work or they don't have the structures there to really get them in into the people who are working as part of the team do you see that do you see that show up that they they pay lip service they say they're going to do it but they don't all all the time and i think that's why i work for that's why i work for myself now so that i can sort of speak my mind a little more freely than being an employee right i was with i came in to do some consulting work with the team where the ceo preached communication is everything no one is allowed um, to take a vacation between this week and this week, we have this big project going on. Wouldn't you know, my first season with them, the CEO disappeared. Um, she was on holiday in Hawaii um, during that pivotal season and didn't let the team know, as if we were, as if the team wasn't going to figure it out. Right? Um, coming in from the outside, I have the opportunity to call those things out and say, "This is not acceptable. This is how we're showing up for the team." You know. Um, they have hired me because hopefully they trust me or they, they must trust me in some way, right? And they wouldn't have hired me otherwise. Um, but I can call them out on those kinds of things as opposed to the employees that were just left scrambling because all of a sudden their fearless leader is acting in a way that they're not expecting. All right. Let's really roll that out, get super real here. Uh-oh. So where, <laughs> no, I want this is what makes it interesting because otherwise it's a technical, a super interesting. It's already interesting. So what are your values? What are Daniel Levy's values that when she delivers for her clients? Um, I don't know if it's a value or it's an expression, um, but I'm a huge believer in do what you say you're going to do. Um, so that is one of mine. Transparency, accountability. Definitely uh, not for generation X, Y, and Z, who the idea of doing what they say they're going to do is viewed as uh, uh, gross. <laughs> they don't do that at all. So good for you. Doing what you say you're going to do. Integrity. Keep going. Yeah, I'm a learner. Um, I am passionate about the things that anything that I want to learn about, I'm just wholeheartedly passionate about and continuing um, just to show up people. I don't know. I don't know that again, people is a value, but for me, people are a value. Um, I really, really, really believe in the importance of um, relationships and how you show up for each other. I I can see that. I I think that's great. You're combining great tactical skills with, with, soft skills i don't think they're soft skills but with people skills and 
building relationships with other people, which I think is so important. A lot of people have the technical skills, but they don't have the relationship skills. And then there are people who have the relationship skills, but they don't have the technical skills to, to really execute. So having them both is a really good mix. I think that makes, uh, that again, speaks to your credit, that you're willing, you took the hardships of your 20s and you turned it into something, consistency, which is something you turn around and, and inculcate, is that the word my mother would tell me to use? into your clientele, <laughs> and then you're combining these technical skills with value and relationships and ongoing learning. And I think that, that thing about being devoted to learning, being passionate to learning, continually, even though you've reached an element of, of excellence that you don't stop, that also speaks to your credit. So stepping into the role of being a cheerleader for you today, those are three things I think that make you outstanding. Good, good on you. And you're yeah. probably, you're probably a really great hockey mom. <laughs> I do my best. No. <laughs> my best. Um, okay. Well, I don't know how to further that part of the discussion. This has been <laughs> This has been really, really great. You showed up in a very unique way. And uh, thank you for showing up vulnerably and letting me dig a little bit and play uh, being psychotherapist. If there is a way, what is a good way that our viewers can stay in touch with you? Do you have a gift to offer them or what? And we'll put it in the show notes as well. So yeah. how can they stay in the conversation with you? Yeah, so you have the the link to um, my gift, but um, you can find me on Instagram at Danielle underscore C underscore Levy. Okay. All right. Thank you very much for being on the show. I've really appreciated it. Thank you for having me. Of course, it's been my pleasure. And thank you for letting me dig a little bit underneath the surface. I warned you. I warned you beforehand that that's the kind of show it's going to be. For all of my viewers and listeners and those who are viewing and listening, thanks. And we'll see you next time on The Influencer's Edge. Bye now. Bye-bye. The Influencer's Edge is brought to you by the Invisible Influence Series. If you're ready to massively increase your sales by leveraging the power of subconscious persuasion, then make sure you text the word COMPEL to 411321. That's compelled to 411321. And if you're outside of the United States, then use WhatsApp and text the word COMPELLED to 1-909-741-1321. Make sure you put in your best email address because that's how we'll deliver the goodies. Thank you for tuning in to the Influencer's Edge, where you get the latest breakthroughs, cutting-edge insights, tools and techniques so you can leapfrog over the pack at sales, influence, and persuasion. Remember to visit our website at www.theinfluencersedge.com to enjoy even more great episodes like this one. We look forward to seeing you again on The Influencers Edge Show.